So, welcome everybody who's listening online. We uh, thank you for tuning in. We are worshiping today because the fact is that there's an empty tomb. That Jesus didn't just die, which he needed to do for us, but he rose from the grave and he defeated death. That is definitely something to celebrate. Amen. If you are a follower of Christ, this is, a, this is the good news. That we worship a God who saved us from sin and death. And like Paul explains in 1 Corinthians 15, if this is not true, we should, not be, we should be pitted more than anyone else. That we should be pitted more than anybody else. If this is not a true fact that we believe that Christ has risen from the grave, we should be pitted. But that is not the case. And yes, I could have preached today on all the facts that prove that Jesus rose from the grave. But that is not what I want to preach about today. I want to preach about this. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask everybody a question. What does the resurrection mean for us? What does it mean for us? Because yes, Christ rose from the grave, but what does it mean for us? So to answer this question, we will take a look at what Paul says. So let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15. We'll be looking at verses 35 through 58. It starts off by saying, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of body do they come? You foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. See, we believe we all have to die. See, here's the, here's the thing is, as Christians, we all have to die. But we don't just die once, we die twice. You see, we're born as non-believers, as sinful human beings. But then, we, at some point in our life, we meet Christ. And we accept him. But to accept Christ, we have to die again. We have to die to ourselves. But eventually, we're going to die. Everybody in this room is going to die. So what's the good news? The good news is that Jesus died and rose from the grave. So if we, when we die, not if, when we die, we can rise from the grave. That is good news. That is the gospel, by the way. My thing was, when I got saved, I'm, not, I'm like, I wish it didn't work like this. I wish God saved me and I got zapped up to heaven and, and no pain. You know? Don't you? Don't you, don't you wish that, that, that this was it? You got saved. But God doesn't do that because God wants to use us to reach other people. But we believe that we are all going to die. You see, people who don't believe in Christ, they're going to die, and then they're going to die again. But people who believe in Christ are going to die. They've already died once because they've laid down their lives and picked up... A, we, we're not perfect. We don't live perfect lives. But we follow a man Jesus, the God-man, who did walk a perfect, sinless life. And he is the reason that we get to 
have eternity. Not because of anything we can do in our lifetime. When he said it was finished on the cross, it was finished. But he rose to give us everlasting life. You see, in Genesis 3, when we started this sermon series, the devil t told Eve, you shall not die if you eat the fruit. But guess what she did? She died. She died. She went back into dust. So we all have to die. But we all get to live if we make a choice to follow Christ. If we choose to follow Christ, we, we can live now. We chose to die. Because here's the thing. If you've ever done any gardening, a seed is, is dead. You put it in the ground and it grows. When, it, when the plant grows up, take a tomato, for instance. It's full of seeds. If they just are thrown on the ground, eventually next year the tomato plants will come up. The seed had to die to be re reborn. That's the same as becoming a Christian. We have to die, and then we're reborn, and we, we, we have life. And life to the fullest, because that's what Jesus promises us. Verse 37 goes on to say this, And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat, or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For all, for not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind of for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is another there is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For the for star differs from the star of glory. You see, we believe that God is going to give us a new body. A new body. See, when we die, die, we get a new body. But we really start getting a new body, I believe, and I believe the Bible teaches us, after we accept Christ into our life, he changes us from the inside out. He's rebuilding us for the purpose that he put us on the planet for in the first place. And he's, he's developing a new body. See, I know that this text is talking about just the resurrection part of, of but, but it also applies to our lives today. Today, as a follower of Christ, you have a new body. You have a new body. That is an amazing thing. It's not going to be the glorified body because that's the good news. Is if you can't walk properly right now, if you have some dysfunction that is a is, is something that you have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis right now, when you die, if you are following Christ, you get a new body that's made perfect. It's made perfect. You know, my wife cleaned for this couple. That She only cleaned for them while the, the man and the woman was alive for a short time and they were believers in Christ. And what I think is amazing is that they were getting old and, and they were in their 90s and they were dads. And do you know what I picture? Because I never met them. I went to the, 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 the wife's funeral. My wife had only just 
started cleaning them when 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 the, the but they would dance, they would have this Rod Stewart, of all people, they were 90, they listened to Rod Stewart, but Rod Stewart did a classic uh, remake of a bunch of 1930 songs. And they would dance in their living room to these songs. This was two weeks before the, 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 the husband died, they would dance still to these songs. And when she died a few years later, she was weak, she was in bed, she couldn't do everything she did. I mean, she was nine and she used to go, actually go to uh, the school still and read to the students because she was a teacher. And, but, but then she got weak. But do you know what? When she died, she got to dance with her husband again, with her new body. Because it's not weak anymore. You don't have to struggle anymore. There's no weeping. There's no mourning. This is, this is the good news of the gospel. It's not just that God saved us, because if he just died on the cross and forgave us for our sins, we went over that last week. We would have to keep sacrificing. But he didn't. He rose from the grave to completely pay for our sins and to give us resurrection so we can be in his presence. He get, and he gives us a new body. It goes on to say this. So it is, with the resurrection of the dead, what is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. It is, if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, talking about Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. See, we believe we Get a new spirit. We got a new spirit, but we got saved. A new spirit was put inside of us. The Holy Spirit and a new desire to follow Christ. Yes, we mess up, but we still follow him. You see, when Jesus returns, not if, when Jesus returns, we are not just these spiritual, you know, people always think that that there's some bad images of what happens when we die and we become angels. And you know, if you've ever watched the cartoons back in the Tom and Jerry days, when you die, you'd go up to heaven and you'd have a cloud and you'd get your little wings and you'd float around. And people really believe that's what happens when you die. And that's what happens. But that's not what happens. We, one day, now I don't know how this works. But one day, when we die, I don't know if we know that it's like now, to, if we die and we, our souls are resting, or if we die and, and when Jesus comes back, we, we, we get our new bodies and then we'll, we'll know what's going on. But I do know that one day Jesus comes back. And one day it says that the dead will rise and fall at Jesus' knees and worship him with new bodies and new spirits. 
that will follow him and worship him in a place, like I said earlier, that has no mourning, no weeping. So there's no sadness. Can you imagine? There's no COVID-19. There's no diseases. In the place that we're going, there's nothing that's going to hurt us. It goes on to say this. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are dead, who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are in heaven. Just as we have borne the image of man, of dust, we, we also bear the image of the man of heaven, talking about Jesus. Yes, we were born sinners, but if we've accepted Christ, we are men and women of heaven. See, we get a new image. Not my COVID-19 haircut image. When you've got to cut it yourself, this is what you get. But, but we'll get a new image. Yeah, my wife doesn't like this image. But we get a new image. We get a new... We, I don't know if we look the same, what we're going to look like when we come back. But I know we're going to be glorious because God is going to make us glorious. Because that's the kind of God that I worship and I hope you worship that same God. A God that wants to change you. My friend Dave, Dave, you're going to have a new image. You're not going to have to walk around with canes anymore. You're going to be able to dance around with the best of them. And, and it's going to be amazing. This is all because Jesus is not in a tomb anymore. That he rose. Verse 50 goes on to tell us this. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit, in, inherit the imperishable Behold, I tell you the mystery. We shall not all sleep, but shall, we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the, trump, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on the immortal. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on the immortal, then shall come to pass the sayings that is written, death is swallowed up by victory. If you're a believer in Christ, we will live forever. We will live forever. I think, here's the thing is, yes we die. Because I believe I've already died once when I accepted Christ. But I'm also living twice too. So I died and I'm living again. Because of I, 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 I made a decision to follow Christ. As you can make a decision to follow Christ. And because of that, one day I'm going to die. It could be from COVID-19. It could be from cancer. It could be because I've lived till I'm 95 and die of old age. 
Nobody knows. Or, or there is a chance that Jesus comes back and just gives me a new body, and you a new body, before all of this stuff's over. Maybe we don't have to video the sermon next week. Maybe Jesus comes back. That would be awesome. That's what I look forward to. I think we have to live a life not afraid to die. We still have to be cautious. We don't have to be stupid because, because God doesn't want us to be stupid. God wants us to use our lives. So we have to be cautious with what we have, but we have to not be afraid to die because when we die, we get to be in heaven. With, with God sitting at the feet of Jesus. That is something I look forward to. And I'm okay whenever he's ready, he can take me home. I want everybody that's listening to feel the same. That if you are a believer in Christ, there's no better place to be than in heaven. There's no better place. Because we're going to live forever there. And you won't be suffering anymore. He goes on to say this. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, we believe as Christians that we will be victorious. It doesn't seem like that some days, does it? It doesn't seem like we're going to be victorious as Christians. We, we get beat down because of what we believe. But we are going to be victorious. Yes, no matter what we go through in this life. In the end, we will be victorious, not because we won, but because Jesus won. Not because of anything we've done, but because of something Jesus did. Jesus came to earth. He lived a life that you and I could not live. He died a death that you and I should have died. But he rose and he is victorious. He is, he is conquered. Sin that Christ is Christus Victor. He is Christ's atoning work on the cross was about destroying the powers of evil, sin and death, and overthrowing Satan, which he did. And he conquered death. And because of this truth, we as believers can and should give thanks every single day. There's people walk around and they're miserable and they're always complaining. And I don't understand that. Because I don't deserve what Jesus did. Every day, I have a choice. I can live and be thankful for what I do have and what God has given me. Because I tell you this, God doesn't 
owe me anything. And he doesn't owe you anything either. You see, God gave us more than we deserved when he died on that cross and forgave us of our sins. And because of that truth, we as believers can and should give thanks every day, all day, for all things. Because he is the one who gives us victory over sin and death. You don't. You're going to struggle. But you can go to the cross. You can go to the cross every morning. The first thing you should do is thank Jesus for the cross. And then thank him that he didn't stay in the grave. You know, I do believe the cross is center, but the, the, it, it isn't any good without an empty tomb. So we need to not just thank him for dying for our sins, but he rose. So you and I can have a relationship with God. He goes on to say this. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We believe we live for Christ. See, Paul ends this after he talks about what it means to, that, that we're going to be raised from the grave. He ends it with, but right now, live for Christ. Right now, live for Christ. So it doesn't matter what all the critics say. Christ changes lives. There are millions of people from all walks of life, all nationalities, all races, all professions who today call themselves Christians and are today worshipping the empty tomb. They're worshipping Christ because of the empty tomb. They are witnesses to the sin-breaking power of God. The power to forgive and the power on them through Jesus Christ. E.Y. E. Mullins writes this. A redeemed drunkard with vivid memory of past hopeless struggles and a new sense of the power through Christ was replying to the charge that his religion was a delusion. Talking about Christianity. He said, thank God for this delusion. For it, would, it, for it has put clothes on my children and shoes on their feet and bread in their mouths. It has made a man of me and it has put joy and peace in my home, which had been hell. If this delusion may God, if, if this is a delusion, May God send it to all the slaves of drink everywhere. For their slavery is an awful reality. You know, it's not a delusion. And just like this man, I am a living 
testimony that the Bible is true and that Jesus was raised from the dead. My life changed because of what Christ did. I know what my life was like before Jesus entered it. And I know you know what your life was before Jesus entered it. I didn't deserve what Jesus did, but Jesus saved me. But he didn't just save me, he changed me. I'm not perfect, but I'm not the man I was 17 years ago when I met Jesus, where he found me, because I didn't find him, because I was so lost that there was no hope for me. He found me. He drugged me out of the muck of mire, and he said, look, I've got some better for your life. And he did the same for you when you accepted him. Whether it was as a young child, he might have saved you as a young child. And, and, and that is the most graceful thing God does, is, is snatch little children up and, and keep their faith strong their whole lives. Because he, he saves them from a life of bad choices. But when we do accept Christ, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. This is why God didn't just, I didn't accept Christ, and go, bam, up to heaven to be with him. Because that's, like, if I'm God, good thing I'm not, but if I'm God, I would be like, oh, that, that person saved, bam, take him up. That person saved, ching, bang. But that's not how God works, because if he did that, none of us would be saved, because nobody would have been preaching the message. See, he leaves us here to live our lives. Live our lives in abundance of the love that he showed us to pass it to other people. And we don't need to be afraid. You see, I don't know what stops you from sharing your faith, from living out your life. But is it fear of what people are going to think about you? Because the Bible tells us that we have to live for Christ. But we go to work and we act like the rest of the people at work. We go to the grocery store and we're pushing and shoving to get whatever this week is the necessity. When we should really, as Christians, be stepping back and, 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 and saying, we love you. And if we have an abundance of something, we should be sharing it with other people. It's not a time to act like everybody else. It's a time to love everybody else because I believe God's working. I believe God allowed COVID-19 to affect this country like it is. I know that this preaching in front of a camera did not take God by surprise because my God is that big. That God has a plan and God is going to use this not to glorify you or me but he's going to glorify himself through this by using you and me.
but we are to live our lives. That's why he came, to save us. And he wants to save more people. And if you think about it, you have to be told the message by somebody. Somebody told you the message, and if they hadn't, guess what? You wouldn't have the resurrection. You wouldn't have this promise. I want you to seriously think about it. Who are you praying for? Who are you reaching out to? If you profess to be a Christian and you're not praying for at least one person to meet Christ, then you know there's a problem. Start living for Christ. Furthermore, the resurrection gives us Christians confidence. Confidence that our labor is not void of purpose. And it strengthens our resolve to give up ourselves fully to God's work. We can do this not because we're good and not because we're going to do a good job, but because God is good and God is going to do a good job through us. I've heard stories about people coming to Jesus, hearing the worst message that has ever been preached. And moving in situations that you would not expect. We don't share because we're afraid to share. We don't share because we don't have confidence that our God is a great and gracious God. And that, this is the confidence. You can't save anybody. It's not your responsibility to save people. It's your responsibility to tell people. Guess whose job it is to save people? Jesus' job to save people. That's whose job it is. So let's rely on him. His strength, not our strength. Let's have confidence in the work of Christ that he has finished. You can't add or take away from it. You can only be a part of it. And that, it'll always blow my mind that God wants to use me. And it should you too. God wants to use you. Do you not want to be used by God? God wants to use you. Think about before you as a Christian and go, wow, God wants to use me? Think about now how sometimes your brain wanders and God still wants to use you. He wants you to live for him. Let us choose today on Easter Sunday that from now on we're going to choose to live for Christ and do for Christ. Let's try in this, in this time of need that we do what we can as Christians to reach people for Christ. Because right now people are, are eager. Right now people want something that they don't have. 
Let's be the messengers. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you are a great and awesome God. Going back to the first week of this message when we found out that we were all losers and that we were all sinful human beings, God. And that was the problem. But because you are a great and gracious God, you, you sent your Son to become our Savior, our Lord. And he lived his life perfectly. He chose the right choices, God. He did something that nobody could do because he was not only man, he was God man. And he lived and sacrificed for us. He went to the cross and bled and hung there. And then, three days later, as we celebrate today, we have an empty tomb, God. How great is that? You didn't just save us, God. Because you don't do half jobs. You rose your son from the grave. So one day, when we die, as believers in your son, Jesus Christ, we get to rise and be with you. But in the meantime, while we're here, God, pray that everybody that listens to this message makes a vow to live for you and you alone. That they, they preach, they teach, and they tell people about your message of love and grace to all people, not just some people, to all people. And that they start praying for at least one person to meet Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.